Rolling in three, two. So, Black Hebrew Israelites, or rather the Hebrew Israelite movement. Where does it all come from, and why are E West and uh, Kyrie talking about it so much? Let's get into that as we watch our culture stray further every day. Howdy, my name is uh, John Arthur Fiala, and uh, I'm sitting in the chair of theology today. And on the phone, I got uh, Yahushua. He's he's feeling a little sick, so he didn't want to come in and contaminate the studio. How's it going, bro? What's going on, my man? First in call, first in call, I think. E, this is the first time you've called in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, sitting in the chair of theology and cult, or philosophy and culture, kind of, sort of, and uh, we'll we'll kind of bounce around a little bit. But uh, first yes, off. Sir. Who is Yi? And uh, I have no idea. I just know that he's a really interesting guy. But Josh, Josh has the sauce. Let's go. So, so here's the thing. I love your. I want to say first and foremost, I love your saying of Yi, because the way it's the way he says it, he says Yay. Does he so say Yay? So yes, he calls himself Yay. I thought he said Kanye. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> but but no, I li I like the way you said it, but. Let's give a brief introduction of who Kanye West is. So, obviously, he was a very successful, very famous rapper. He came onto the scene in 2003 with his album, The College Dropout. Uh, one thing about him that you that you should know is that he's been very popular for controversial reasons. I don't know if you remember back in those early 2000s days, but he made a statement on live television saying that George Bush doesn't care about black people. So, as you can tell, this man is no... He's no stranger to controversy and no stranger to very uh, inflammatory statements. So fast forward in his career, he's been dropping successful album after successful album. And around 2018, he has this, he really does have this come to Jesus moment. And he, from what, from what he says, he accepts Christ into his life. He makes him the center of his life. He even goes as far as to drop a gospel album. I think it was called Jesus is King, if I remember so correctly. And it was a, it was pretty successful from what I remember. So that happened in 2018. Well, fast forward to the, today. Um, as time has gone on, uh, people have been having questions about really his Christianity. Because when you look at what he says and you look at what he does, it doesn't quite comport with what the Scripture says a, a person who's indwelt by the Holy Spirit is. And I think this most recent situation kind of highlights that more than ever, because what Kanye has gotten into recently with his Twitter rants is a belief, and whether or not it's, I don't think it's intentional. I, I don't think he has a malicious intent behind what he's doing. I, I think it's just an unfortunate result of what happens when you don't have a good systematic and when you don't have a philosophical and logical thought process and, and a logical following on what the scripture says and a strict adherence to it. And so what you get is this most recent tweet, which says he's going to go DEFCON 3 on the Jews. Or he says the Jewish media, or he starts using these terms that were very familiar to, to the Nazi propaganda of the, those eras of the 40s. In the 30s, and uh, and during the Soviet Union in the Germany, uh, 
area, the regions. And so it stirred up this whole entire controversy. Uh, lots of big brands are dropping them, such as Balenciaga, very popular fashion design. Uh, Adidas dropped him. I believe Adidas' company took like the biggest hit it's ever taken because they had to drop him. Uh, Gap dropped him. So just as you can tell, there was a lot of financial ramifications behind what he said, and there's been a lot of stir about it. But I think it's brought up a, a bigger question, and, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier there, is that the importance of having a logical belief system in the script that is rooted in the scriptures. Because I think that that's what Kanye could really benefit from at this point in time, because if he had that logical belief system, I, I do not believe he would have delved into this DEFCON 3 of the Jewish people, which also echoes very much so the Black Hebrew Israelite movement and their beliefs. So, John Arthur, I don't know if you want to get into that. Well, it, it, exactly, and that's why we're, we're talking about it today. So, Kanye has been more or less influenced by this. However, we don't really know what Kanye does or does not know. Kanye is sort of Kanye, right? Like he 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 has his things, he does his he, he does his spiels and you don't really know where they're coming from. So uh, I actually think Kanye is a genuine person. I think I do too. I think he's actually probably a nice dude. He's just absolutely wrong on on this one note and it's been take, taken captive by an by this ideology, at least part of it. And that's one of the things about black Hebrew is Israelites. You know, I, I spent a lot of time worshiping in a messianic congregation and I've met these folks and some of these folks are like the theology is wrong, but really they're, they're wonderful people and it's quite harmless. Then there are folks who have gone deeper down the rabbit hole and they've taken some of the more, for lack of a better term, um, serious aspects of the ideology and latched on to the, the more problematic conclusions that you draw if you take this. And, and, and it originated in, in actually in the United States after the slave trade and specifically after the Civil War. And I would like to get to that at some point. But for right now, uh, let's just look at some of what they do in the, in the current days, uh, some of the stuff that we see happening with them. And this is from uh, congress.gov. Extremist Hebrew Israelites have a long, strange list of enemies. At the top of the list are white people, who they preach are descended from a race of red, hairy beings known as Edomites, who were spawned by Esau, by the way. We're going to talk about that, but <laughs> there's a lot of problems <laughs> with that all on its own. Uh, the, so spawned by Esau, the twin brother of Jacob, letter known as Israel in the Old Testament, equally hated are the quote-unquote fraudulent Jews, the synagogue of Satan. It's, not, it's very much out of context to what Paul was speaking about. But if you keep going, they're uh, closely followed in no particular order by Asians, promiscuous black women, abortionists, continental Africans who sold them into slavery in the first place, gay people, etc., uh, in December 2006, three gay men were assaulted inside an Atlanta nightclub, identified their attackers as Hebrew Israelites. No arrests were made. Uh, recruiting literature uh, describing the extremist Israelite document is, or doctrine rather, is just as harsh, harsh as the street preacher's angry rhetoric. Does the Bible teach unity of races, they'll say? No. 
It does. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, this is what you can read out of one of the Israelite churches widely distributed flyers. Uh, quote, will different nations who believe in Jesus be saved from the Lord's wrath? No. Uh, oops, that's a problem. Was Jesus a ca- uh, Christ a Caucasian man? No. Uh, you, this is, you got me. That's correct. Neither was he black, though. But uh, does the skin color matter? No, but they say yes. So <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and kind of break down a little bit further, just so you know who, so here's Kanye. We've talked about Kanye and let's, let's break this down a little bit further. Who are the black Hebrew Israelites? So I think that's, that's an important thing to, to delineate is who are these two people and then how are they different? So Kanye is kind of what, what I would call that uh, early stage, like inception of taking on the belief, right? He's just sort of in the infancy of this. However, he thinks it's harmless. He thinks it's harmless. He thinks it's harmless. And look, I mean, at the at the end of the day, if you if you if you only take it as blacks are also Israelites, I, I would say it's more or less harmless. As harmless as a lie can be, this fits in that category on the lowest level. However, once you start to take the idea that not only are blacks the true Jews, the true Hebrews, rather, but they also, they also take precedence over every other race. That's ethnocentrism. I mean, that's the same thing as the, the, the guys in the funny pointy hats and white robes think. That's mm. the, it, it, th- those guys just happen to be white, and they go into the band of the KKK or Nazism. So you, 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 you see that it, it doesn't pan out. And there's like four or five theological claims there that I would like to d- address today. But um, Kanye West tweet. Let's talk about Kanye West tweet. Why is it relevant? If it's harmless, why is it irrelevant? Well, if you haven't read the tweet, I'm going to go ahead and put this up right here on the screen. Uh, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, says Kanye. When I wake up, I'm going to go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. The funny thing is, I can't actually be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone whoever or anyone whoever opposes your gen, uh, your agenda. So, okay, let's go ahead and break that down. There's two or three logical inconsistencies there. Um, Josh, can can you spot a couple for me? So, I think the first thing. Oh, I, but I, I want to actually add some context to this. Go ahead. So. In the music industry that Kanye is so involved with, it just so happens, it's coincidence, that a lot of the people who own the major record labels or who are very high up in executive positions in the music industry are indeed Jewish people. But as you could tell from the end there, what he has done is instead of just addressing them by the individual, he has decided to group them together and then assign them the label of Jew, which they very well all might just be Jewish, but it's not, but the way he says it is not correct. Uh, I think the biggest, one of the biggest fallacies in what he said there was that all black people are Jewish people, therefore you cannot be anti-Semitic. That's, I think, the biggest one from that tweet. I mean, you can, you can easily be white and a self-hating white racist. I mean, look at the look at the woke agenda. I'm sorry if you, if you think white people are cancer and you're white, that is anti-white. If you think Jews, it, Hitler was Jewish. His mother was a Semitic. 
I mean, you 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 you, <laughs> you you can be you can hate yourself and be racist and di- di- diminish diminue. I was going to say that's going to make up a word there. I won't diminish. You can diminish the value of human life within your own race because again, race is really it, it's really subjective. It there are objective facts of you came from so and so, you came from so and so, but expression is 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 a little bit harder to sort of distinguish. But the hard brass brass tax of it all is is that according to the Hebrew tradition, black people are from Ham, brown people are from Shem, and the colonizers come from Japheth. Okay. And <laughs> all the white people, all the Asians, the Europeans, they're all white. And actually, if you go back into the, some of the Semitic languages and uh, some of the Arabic languages, you actually find that Shem in Hebrew means name, but it can also uh, be constructed as brown, and ham is dark. So I'm, I'm just saying, from, from Genesis 10, you already have a problem with this, all right? But, 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 the other thing that I really wanted to point out here with Kanye's tweet, that was just, um, I mean, to me, it was kind of staggering, was, uh, he said, we're actually Jewish people also, you guys, so you see how he how he lumped himself in, yes. and then he jumps to you guys. In general, mm-hmm. saying you guys, whoa, is that a burp? Huh? Silence. Okay. <laughs> you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who gets opposes your agenda. That is a lot of nebulous stuff. By the way, as Christians, I would say that it's very very important that you make sure you define your terms. You speak clearly and articulately. I know that I have a hard time with that. Sometimes you guys listen, you guys know. However, you want to try to articulate yourself well. And one thing you don't want to do is lump an entire yes. group. It's it's very combative language. It's a us versus them type of mentality. And there's no reason for it here. There's no reason for it. Uh, it but, but he is frustrated and he's upset. And uh, part of it comes from it, by the way, link in the description, as always, uh, Lex Friedman's podcast. He did a, did a long thing with that. Josh brought that to me, uh, last night and I listened to a significant portion of it. Uh, Lex Friedman is a Jew and they had a nice long conversation about it. And Friedman said very well, like, like, look, don't, don't, don't lump me in with other people. If you have a problem with a producer, if you have a problem with the label, don't be a coward, say their name. Because I didn't do that to you, says Lex Friedman. I didn't do that to you. They did. So say their name. Don't lump me in with that. That's an important thing that I think Christians should really, should really look out for. The other day I had a lady who, uh, God bless her, said something about, I think we should load a lot of black people up and send them back across the ocean. And I'm like, oh, you know... None of that language is useful. None of it is godly. That is not, that is not good. That is bad. You should, you should always avoid that. But where Kanye is getting this is largely from the black Hebrew Israelite movement. Uh, movement and it's not just Kanye. There's a lot of other rappers. Uh, Josh knows. knows, knows uh, yes, I could, just, names. I could just shout out a couple Go. of names. Go for it. Uh, the formerly deceased Nipsey Hussle. Um, I want to say that at some point you saw it with NWA back in the 90s. Mind you, it wasn't BHI, but it was Black Islam. But if you understand anything about Black Islam, Black Islam is very similar to the Black Hebrew Israelite, except it doesn't take up the, the Holy Scriptures of the Bible. 
Instead, it takes upon the Quran, but it's cut from the same cloth. And I mean, these are two of the most popular groups and people in the in the game. They so, were big believers. So I I know you've got to have that story in front of you. Uh, recently, uh, Kyrie has gotten into some trouble over in New York with the Nets. Uh, yes. Ky- you, what 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 happened there? Just break that down in short for the audience. Sure. Sure. So big thing to understand about Kyrie, very popular basketball player. You've probably seen some of his highlights. That dude has the nastiest dribble handles of all time. But unfortunately, his beliefs, uh, if you want to know something about him, he's very much into the New Age stuff, the burning sage, the acceptance of all, the acceptance of sin, all these different types of things. But another thing about him, he's very pro-black. He'll, he'll say this a bunch, and same within rap. It's very pro-black. Kanye will say he's very pro-black, and you'll see this very similar sentiment between Kyrie and Kanye. And with Kyrie, he found this documentary on the internet. Now, I can't remember the exact name of that documentary. It's uh, uh, from Hebrews to Negroes. Uh, yeah, Wake up Hebrews, America. Yes, from Hebrews to Negroes. Wake up America. So he posts this documentary, and as you can tell from the title, it is made by the Black Hebrew Israelites. And there's a lot of troubling claims in the in this uh, in this in this documentary, such as the Holocaust never existed. Um, some of the theological beliefs that we've already mentioned. Uh, just you go down the list. Everything is problematic about it. So everybody starts calling him out about it, saying, "Well, hey, Kyrie, this is really anti-Semitic. This is wrong. You need to apologize for posting this. Like this can potentially cause people to have a negative view upon Jewish people." And and initially, for the first week and a half, he never apologized, even after being asked. And now, most recently, he has apologized, but still, it's problematic. This is a famous basketball player. This is a if you if you watch sports, you know the name Kyrie Irving, and he has a lot of influence on people. Absolutely, and so that that all leads us. That's like a really long segue into. Let's talk about this cult, and I'm going to call it a cult. Hebrew Israelitism, they don't really like it if you call it black Hebrew Israelite, but there are Irish white identitarians. There are identitarians in America who are white and who say that they come from the diaspora of, of uh, Jews in the north. Um, and we don't have the time to break all that down today, but that's simply not the case. And even if it is, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. It just does not matter. It just, <laughs> do you follow? So neither Jew nor Gentile. Do you follow Christ today? Because then there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Amen. Amen, Josh. Hundred percent. So, where do they get this ideology? And uh, Deuteronomy uh, twenty forty one. If you can get that for, if you can get that ready for me, Josh. Um, so I'm actually. Not, if you could, John, if you could grab that for a second. I got you. But I can give some like. So this is a really important passage in Scripture. It's talking about, in, in Deuteronomy as a whole, it talks about, the, it recaps the trip into the promised land. It really is very much a recap, and then talking about it from where they're standing in the promised land. Moses is writing this. And one of the biggest things that Moses emphasizes in this whole entire book is the importance of coming back to the Lord and obeying Him. And the, the, the punishment that would transcend if I'm not following the, the Lord. And I think that 28 hits it on the head, but at the same time, it gets so, so vehemently twisted by the, by the BHI. 
Yeah, and and I did have it ready, but I was just letting you take a shot if you wanted to. But I'm glad I'm glad for your input there because yes, it, with, with every single here's the thing we're we're, we're, we're going to kind of switch a little bit of gears here and do some apologetics. We're not going to change the content that much, but we are going to do an additional apologetic, maybe once a month, maybe more, depending on what you guys like. You guys tell us down in the comment section. But we are thinking about going ahead and doing some apologetic stuff on some of these different belief systems that have sprung from Christianity. Every single one of them, they, they, they all fall from either direct mistranslation, a centricity on one verse or one chapter to the exclusion of all the other chapters. So we call that the plenary interpretation of Scripture, i.e. plain interpretation in the context of the whole, Right? If, if, if it falls within that, it might be doctrinally correct. If you interpret one verse out of context, Judas went out and hung himself, go and do likewise. You, you, you want to chop up the Bible, copy and paste things, you can do all sorts of horrible, horrible things with that. Tell people to go commit, go commit suicide. It's in the Bible, right? Uh, not. That this is not, not what the Bible means. And the same thing happened here in Deuteronomy 28.41. Let me go ahead and read it to you from, from the scripture. And it says, thou shalt beget sons and daughters, and thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity, says the King James. Young's literal says, uh, sons and daughters, thou dost beget, and they are not with thee, for they go into captivity. What does this sound like in the context of the Bible, Josh? Sorry about that, John Arthur. My mic was acting up a little bit there. No, I got um, you. So what it sounds like in the context of the Bible, it sounds like it, it, it really does sound like he's laying out the choices for them. Like, this is the punishment for disobedience. This is the blessings of obedience. And I mean, it, it's that simple. But in the context of the Bible, what, what do we see? We see the Assyrian and the Babylonian captivities. Yes, the Assyrian. Yeah, exactly. And so we, 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 we see that absolutely crumble when, when you use this to talk about the African slave trade, which was thousands of years later we're talking about almost 2000 years later well yeah. i think it's actually over 2000 years after the fact because if you're looking at a uh, bc 14 um uh 30 or a 1230 uh sorry bc 1445 or 1230 whichever one it is you're looking at actually it's, it's over 3000 years it's over 3000 years later when 600 800 years later you had the captivity so just to put that into context, um, it, it, it's not, I'm sorry. One is, these two things are very different. And one of them is speaking about the line of Shem. And we're going to get to that because I'm, I'm sorry, the idea that they are the same. You have Shem, Hap, Japheth. You have Shem, name or brown, depending upon how you translate it, the Jews. You have Ham, who means dark, which means dark. And then you have uh, Japheth. Uh, this spread out one or the one that goes forth, the colonizers. Okay. So you got brown people, black people, and you got the colonizers. You, you see there, they prophesied in the names that were given to the three boys, but more on that in just a second. Another place where they get their ideology comes out of Deuteronomy 28, 64 through 65. And this is used to claim that black Hebrew Israelites were taken into captivity and shipped across the uh, uh, transatlantic slave trade, and that's how they were scattered. But 
let's read it and see where that becomes problematic because the other one's kind of a stretch, but you can kind of see it, you know, 41, it's like, okay, that, 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 that might be a bit of a stretch, but it's not huge, huge. 64 through 65 is, and if, if you don't want to get it, Josh, I, I can go and grab it real quick. Yeah, if you could grab that, yeah. Yeah. And the Lord uh, shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth, even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve uh, other gods, which neither them nor their fathers have known, even wood and stone. And amongst these uh, nations thou shalt find no ease, neither shall uh, the sole of thy foot have any rest, but the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and failing of the eyes and sorrow of mine. So, question mark here. What happened to the Jews? I mean, what, what, what happened to the Jews and what happened to the, to, to the northern tribes? It, hmm. This exactly happened to the, to the northern tribes just because it happened to a dispersed, I'm sorry, a dispersed group of black people where they sold themselves into slavery. And I'm just saying, the white settlers and the white uh, slave slave traders i'm sorry they weren't that good at, at at that job they had to buy them more or less from african slavers by the way the bhi movement widely blames continental africans for selling them into slavery and rightfully so that, that, that is something i actually agree with you 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 should say that that came from there however their children didn't do it they did you know a couple generations ago but any other thoughts on on uh, Deuteronomy twenty eight sixty four through sixty five. Um, no other thoughts. I think it's just the importance of knowing that this is the one that they take out of context and they apply it to the transatlantic slave trade. So, and there's one more. There's one, and this is where it really is just wild because they, they've they built it up in their in their minds. So forty one sixty four through sixty five. Then they go to Deuteronomy uh, twenty eight sixty eight where they really make some wild things. And I've got an interlinear out here. And if you don't know what an interlinear, if you see me looking down at my page here, or it's actually, it's actually my, my computer, I have a Hebrew Bible in front of me with English words and the translation or with all the different types of uh, 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 gra grammatical notes and also all the different potential translations for the words here. So I'm going to go to the Strong's here. And this is actually some Bible study. If you want to get deeper in your Bible study, grab an interlinear. You can grab an app. Logos It's not what I'm using. I'm using something called Power Bible CD. It's literally from the 90s, but it is still rocking. So I'm going to read 68. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way whereof I spake unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen. Uh, and no man shall buy you. Okay. There's a couple of things right here that really stand out. Is there anything that stands out to you, Josh, as to why this is an insane translation or insane text to take as the transatlantic slave trade? Um, one second. Sorry. I'm actually turning to my word right now. So I want to make sure I get this home. While, 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 while you're going there, let's go ahead and take that word uh, Egypt, which in Hebrew is Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim, Lower Egypt, i.e. the Nile. 
it's specifically talking about Egypt. What they will do yes. is they will take that word, Mitzrayim, and they will say, no, 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 it doesn't mean Egypt, even though it meant Egypt to everyone who ever said this and ever read this until the BHI movement well, in the 1880s came along. Yeah. Well, I want to say something like, first and foremost, uh, historically it's just wrong because the transatlantic slave trade, they bought them. They bought them. Yes. That, that, that's like the first thing that should jump out at you and no one will buy you. You will be unwanted. And okay. So, so if, if, for, if, for, if for being racist here and putting one on the scoreboard, uh, they didn't want the Jews. They wanted the, the blacks. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, if you want, if you want to put one up on the scoreboard guys, uh, you, you, you could do that here, but that's not what the Bible's saying. The Bible's saying that their name will become such a byword. People will say, oh, it's just a Jew. Just horrible. By the way, I mean, that, that, that's what happened in, in Germany, too. I mean, you, you see it following the Jews, not really the blacks. So just putting that out there. Anything else you're pulling out from here, bud? There's, there's a few things I'd like to hit on, but. Yeah. Well, I think this, I think you hit it. Like, what did you say there at the beginning? You said something at the beginning I thought was very. Very like at the beginning of addressing this. So they'll they'll substitute Egypt for uh, yes bond uh, for 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 bondage, and so that is where they'll say that they are sent across the Atlantic because of um, because of their because of their iniquity, and so they, they they do say that we send as as Hebrew Israelites we send. But I'll read it one more time in the Young's Literal. That, that, that way you have it there. It's another really good Bible, by the way, Young's Literal Translation. And Jeho it's, it's, a, it's a, obviously a literal translation, as close as possible while still being grammatically sane. It takes the Hebrew. Uh, and Jehovah hath brought thee back to Egypt with ships by a way of which I said to thee, thou dost not add any more to see it. Ye and ye uh, have sold yourselves there to thine enemies for men servants and maid servants, and there is no buyer. So I think even like geographically, this doesn't make any sense. No, like ge geographically, it's very it's local to the Egypt area. So and 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 I I, I, I want to say this carefully because this is something that is the white man's fault to an extent. The the evil white man that brought the slaves. It wasn't the founders of BHI's fault that they could barely read. And if they, they, they were not trained, they were not studied. They got the Bible. They started to read it. They learned it. And they said, look, let's apply this to us right now. Let's apply this to our plight where we are because of how horribly we've been treated. And I understand application of the scripture. Good on you for looking for application. But here's a problem. What the scripture says, it cannot say what it did not say to the people of that time to whom it was said. See if I can break that down again. If you are interpreting something through a 20th, 19th, 20th, 21st century lens, yes. and it could yeah. not possibly have meant that in the BC 14th or 15th century, I'm sorry. It doesn't mean that. It just doesn't mean that. And that's the and biggest I, and, issue there. Yes, Josh. And so sorry for interrupting you there, but the another big thing here 
very important thing is that the BHI is trying to use this verse in Deuteronomy or this passage in Deuteronomy to justify their beliefs, but they don't uphold the rest of Scripture. Amen. And so, and that's that where it is falls. A problematic consistent inconsistency. It's the problem with universalism. It's the problem with legalism. It's the issue with any false belief system. And you'll see this every time too. You'll you, you'll see this every time. It it never changes. I'm sorry. They're, they're the same tired arguments in different ways. You'll find some people that don't use. You know, again, they're going to appeal to logic without a proper initiating premise. They're going to appeal to a poor construction of the Bible. They're going to appeal to a uh, 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 one verse out of the context of the whole of Scripture. It's going to be something like that. Whenever you run into a cult, it almost always follows one of those three. And there's some others that, that, that are common, but those are sort of the, the, the platforms of bad theology. Yes. And, and one, of the, one of the things I wanted to dive into with this BHI in terms of bad theology, you want to talk about it. So we talked about this passage in Deuteronomy 28, but, and this is like their core verse. This is, the, this is really what centers around their beliefs. And I think from us talking about it, we, I hope the audience can just see from, from our examination of it that this is completely fallacious. But another thing that they say, that is very fallacious is the upholding of the law for salvation. Absolutely. And so that's something that I, I was going to get to. It's a little bit, a little bit later than that, but let's deal with it right okay. now. Gotcha. Let's deal with it right now. Let's, let's go with this because this is a common trope among these, these uh, fringe elements of Christianity, these sort of cults like Armenianism. The idea that sanctification can be achieved in this lifetime completely, complete sanctification and glorification can be achieved in this lifetime. I am sorry, but the average human being probably sins a thousand, fifteen hundred times a day just from sins of omission. Okay? I'm just saying the average human being is sinning all the time. You, I'm, are, are, are you as productive as you could be every day? If you're, if, if every single day of the week, are you always as productive as you could be? Let's talk about your yeah. weight. Do you eat properly for your body, for nourishment, not for pleasure, every single day of the week? Do you? Do you get mad at people or are you always prepped with the scripture in your mind, in your head, and you respond according to the scripture, not necessarily with scripture, but according to the scripture. Do you ever get mad? I'm just saying every person, even in your thoughts, like, do you get mad in, in, in your head and not say anything? If you do, I'm sorry, you are not living up to the law. You are not living up to and fulfilling the law, but are the Armenian tradition. And of course the BHI tradition they say that you can achieve that. And Josh, any, 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 any of your points on that from the scripture? So there's a, there's a flaw. So it's the moral law. So we have the Ten Commandments. And the entire thing about what makes a person perfect, or what makes a person good, would be somebody who can, possibly, who can uphold the entirety of the law. And it's only Ten Commandments. And yet, 
if you ask somebody and you go down this line of questioning, you will find that nobody can keep it. Nobody has kept it. Therefore, nobody is morally good on their own. Amen. Amen. And so where, where, where that really leads us is to a, a whole different problem because they'll say that you can live a perfect life. By the way, if you're living a perfect life as opposed to, or according to the more extreme DHI folks, you are on the street streaming or screaming at uh, white people, Asian people, Jewish people, women. and women. It is not, <laughs> that is not what Christ preached. You are living something a little bit different, may I suggest. But they go further with it and they say that, um, you know what? We have an example. We have an example. And that's in, uh, that's in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, according to them, is not divine. Where does that put us, Josh? If Jesus Christ is not divine, what does that do to our theology? What does that do to the theory of atonement? So, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is who he is, then I think you can safely throw out the entire New Testament. I don't think you have to listen to a single word that Paul says. I don't think you have to listen to a single word that James says. I don't think you have to listen to a single word that anybody in the New Testament says. Because if Jesus is not who he says it is, it's not worth your time. Because the fact of the matter is that Jesus himself said he was the one. He said he was God. He made that claim. The Pharisees asked him, who does this guy think he is that he has the power to forgive sins? And then he questions them. He asked them, well, which do you think is tougher, to heal uh, a paralyzed man would walk or the forgiveness of sin, to say your sins are forgiven. And then he does both. And then they're like, oh, he just made that claim. So the problem is that you have to take, you have to call Jesus a liar. And you'd have to say he's wrong. And that's really where, again, they always break down here, especially when you come down to Islam. Islam says that Jesus was a good teacher. Jesus was not a good teacher if, well, he wasn't a good teacher, period. Either he lied about him, about his deity, or he was God. There is no, like, and, and I, I know some people don't like Lewis's argument on this, but I find it to be marginally compelling when he says that Jesus was not a good teacher. He did not give us the option. He was either someone uh, on the level of a lunatic that says that they are a potato, uh, a liar of the worst possible sort or a madman, but, or he was who he says he was, but let's not patronize yeah. him by claiming that he was just a good philosopher. Yes. That, it's no, it's no, if it, it's no, there's, there's no middle ground here. It's either or. Correct. A hundred, a hundred percent. And, you know, uh, in, in Luke twenty two seventy, you know, Jesus said, and they responded to them and said, are you the son of God? And he says, you say that I am. And by the way, you read that in John, they fall back when he uses the word I am. Jesus spoke about this in Revelations uh, 19.6. Okay. I'm going to Revelations 19.6. By the way, I'm producing uh, by myself here in the studio. So if you see me looking down, I'm trying not to be rude. I am looking at you guys. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I am coming down here and you see, and I heard, as it were, a voice. Let's see, I'm making sure I'm in the right one. 
1916. I don't know why I said 196. Sorry, 1916. Excuse me. Uh, and, he, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Those are names only given to Yahweh. Those are names that are given to Christ here. You see him given to Christ and you see him given to Yahweh. And you see that in, in uh, John 10, 38, talks about he and the Father being one. John 14, 7 through 10, you can keep going. Jesus yeah. claimed that he was God. One of my favorite verses in the scripture, I think he kind of alluded to it, was the, uh, was like, who do you say I am? Yes. And he's like, well, I, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. He's like, God bless you because this was, a, this was by faith. That you knew this. And, and again, Jesus, by the way, Jesus wasn't, in all likelihood, wasn't black. I'm not going to stake my, 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 my claim on it. He probably looked kind of like Ben Shapiro. Okay. I know that triggers a lot of people, but I'm sorry. He probably did. He was probably short, brown. And, uh, you know, hey, cool. Uh, and the way I, where, where do you get that, John Arthur? Do you get that from the European paintings and the racist? Okay. Uh, I get that from the Bible. Let's go to Genesis 10. Okay, Genesis 10, 6. And we're talking about, this is post-flood after Ham, Shem, and Japheth are exiting the ark, and we're seeing where the kids go. And the sons of Ham, Cush, and Mizraim, and Phut, and Canaan, and the sons of Cush, Seba, and Havilah, and uh, Sabatath, Ramah, uh, Sab, uh, uh, Sabteca, and the sons of uh, Ramah, Sheba, and Dadan. It goes on, Cush begat Nimrod, and he began... Uh, to be a mighty one. If you follow the traditions and the understanding of the ancient mm -hmm. uh, uh, history that falls out, you see that these are all the ones who start Egypt, Ethiopia, uh, some in Canaan, but even further south. The black folks, the dark folks went south. The brown folks kind of stayed around in that area. And then Japheth just said, yo, I'm out. I'm going to go colonize the world and I'll come back later and, and get you guys. And, and, you know, and he did, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> Japheth kind of is all over. There's a China, it's the Asians. It's the uh, Europeans. Uh, that's Japheth. But you look at the South. Those are from Ham. The whole Bible is focused around which one of those lines, Josh. The Bible, the whole Bible is focused around one of the three lines, Shem, yeah. Ham, or Japheth. It's all around Shem, right? Yes, it'd be around Shem. That is correct. And that was because who came from that line? Jesus. So it, when, when, when they, if you ever deal with someone who believes this, ask questions. But start yes. off with asking, how Most did certainly. Jesus come from the line of Ham? Explain that to me. And, and one of the big things, and I think is the most disgusting thing about the BHI, what they say, is that the only goodness that they find in Christ is his skin color. Which, I'm sorry, but if somebody told you that, the only good that they found in you was their skin, was your skin color, how would you feel? I mean, it, it flies right in the face of James 2.9. And, and you, you, not to put you on the spot, but you might be able to actually recite that because you've taught so much out of James. Do you remember James 9? Well, the importance about James, that passage in James, I don't have it in front of me right now, but the importance of that passage, it was about prejudice. Yes. It was about giving preferential treatment to people. And 
James spoke out very vehemently against the prejudice that certain people are getting by getting better seating because of their wealth. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and ye are convinced of the law as transgressors. Okay. There is yeah, the law. You, 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 the law, the law that they say that they can keep. They can keep all two, 613 uh, uh, commandments. 613, 618. I'm, I'm losing my mind today. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So you can keep all these commandments. Well, how do you sacrifice at the temple three times a year? Uh, but through the law came death. That's all I will say. Amen. Amen. And through Christ comes life. So, again, links in the description down below where we're, we're providing the Bible verses and, and everything. If you want to follow along, you, you can find that in the description. But understand this. Every single cult has these problems. Every single yes. cult has these problems. And all you have to do is understand the word, understand how to deal with each one of those. And that primarily comes with asking questions because if you ask enough questions for someone who has built a foolish idea up. Eventually, the idea topples. And so we're going to go through a few of these in the upcoming months because we, we would like you guys to uh, be prepared. You hear about ye talking about this stuff. Uh, when you hear uh, Kyrie coming out with this, you want to be able to engage people. If you ever engage with a black Hebrew Israelite, a couple things. Not all of them are loud and, and angry, Okay. But those who are, engage them softly in meekness and love. And I want you to be thinking about any additions here, Josh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay mine out, and I, I'm, I want to hear yours. Um, understand that they're going to take you to the Hebrew. Do not be afraid to go to a proper interlinear. Go to, yes. a, go to a good interlinear. If you type in, K, and, and I'm not King James Eldling, but there's a reason I say this. Go to a KJV interlinear. There's a reason I say that because there are some weird things that they've done with some of the some of the newer translations. Uh, go to a KJV interlinear and engage them out of it. Read up yourself. Be un, be prepared because they will use Hebrew words to try to trip you up. Be prepared, and and you you want to seem knowledgeable. You want to be knowledgeable. Study to show yourself approved. But come at them from the Bible, and if you ever or stumped, say, hey, can I get back to you on that? Yeah, and I think a big thing, just to encourage our listeners, you got to remember that you have the truth on your side. Amen. And that, and that it's the Bible, and that they don't. And so there's flaws with what they believe, and there's no flaws in what you believe. Amen. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And so just understand that you are on God's side. And most importantly, in a discussion with someone like this, your objective is to win the soul, not the battle. Okay? The moment you start to argue with someone, I'm going to submit that you have lost. Do not want to argue. You want to have a discussion. Make sure that you are always being winsome and loving. Try not to make it a thing of uh, one-upmanship. We want to make sure that we are acting in a winsome in godly fashion. Any closing thoughts there, Josh? Uh, just on the whole or just on this specific? Uh, both. So I think on, on the whole, 
I just want to talk about Kanye for a second and just, just wrap back to that. Kyrie and Kanye. I see what you did there. Wrap, a, wrap, wrap back to that. Yeah, wrap back to that. You saw that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I want to wrap and dribble back to that real quick. Um, Please do. But we, we want the best for these two people. Uh, we want these people to come to a, a right understanding of the scripture. And that's something that we pray for. We pray for everybody. And we've talked about it in this podcast. We care about these people. Uh, and and if you listen to Kanye, especially Kanye, I mean, he's, some of the stuff he's saying is just, he's trying to meld the world with the Bible. And it just doesn't work, my friends. You can't have both. You have to have one or the other. You either have Christ or you don't. Amen. It's as simple as that. Amen. So just, just to add on to that and to wrap up, when you have something like this, don't be afraid to pursue it. Some Christians are afraid to look into cults, and there's this uncertainty in your heart and in your mind where, it, believe me, I've been there, where you want to see it, does this break my worldview? Let me give you an analogy that I gave someone when we were doing a Bible study on the canon of Scripture and how the canon of Scripture was inspired, how all seven, uh, 66 books and not necessarily 72 or God knows however many. Uh, why, why 66? Why 66 books and why those? Because God worked it out. And so I gave someone this analogy. I said, if I tell you that there's a stairwell the back of the building. And I tell you that that stairwell is strong. But someone else comes along and says, hey, the, uh, the, the handles on there, kind of rickety. Railing is rickety. And the, uh, the stairs themselves, they're rickety. Without experiential knowledge, you have two people's word. You have to put your faith in one of those two people's word. You can go ask more people, and that's a fine way to go. You can ask more people and get a larger sample of testimonies. And, and so sometimes that is the way to go. But if you can go over and you can lean on that rail, you can stand on it and you can stamp, stomp on it and you say, hey, this thing's solid. I feel good. I can, I, I can lean on it and you lean on it. Or let's say that you have walked on it every day and someone walks up to you and says, hey, that, that, that those stairs are rickety. You're in danger of falling. Experiential knowledge is the best tool for security, your own mind, your own wit. Make sure that when you have something like this that comes up, that might be used by God to test your faith, don't waste that opportunity. Allow God to grow you. And yes, it takes some time. It might need a little bit of research. But if you have a friend who's fallen prey to this, go ahead and spend that time. They're worth it what god calls us to do my two cents i agree very good words so if you enjoyed this podcast like comment share subscribe all those good things thank you so much for coming uh faithfully guys in the last 30 days by the grace of god and your faithfulness we have seventeen thousand downloads of the podcast yes i heard in the month in the last 30 days guys thank you at the time of recording this Thank you for this. It's uh, it's humbling that you listen to this little uh, this little show, 
And uh, we, we want to hear from you. So in the comment section, uh, we are on YouTube, on Rumble. Guys, I see you on Rumble. See that little, uh, that 54 subscribers. Thank you, guys. Uh, and <laughs> on YouTube, slowly growing. Thank you, guys. Uh, we love you. Tell us in the comment section what we should cover next. Uh, I think we are going to do another thing on Thanksgiving upcoming, but we'll come up with some other things in the next month or so. We already covered Christmas. Let us know what we should yeah, cover. Let us know what, what we should cover, and we'd love to hear from you. With that said, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right. All right. If you are still here, you are a super listener, or we put you to sleep. Uh, Josh, going around the room here, or just between you and me and the doorpost, uh, rather. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, th the one thing about BHI that you find to be the most outlandish? The most outlandish thing? I don't know. I think the most outlandish thing was that story that Jennifer told us that one time about a BHI. Oh, what did she tell uh, us? She was, she was exiting the hospital, and there was BHI protesting outside of the, the hospital or something. Oh. As she walked by, she was told by the BHI that she deserves to be raped. because She was white, and she was a woman. Oof! Oof! Okay. Uh, I see the love of Jesus Christ there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... If you were telling women that you that they deserve to be raped because of the color of their skin and because of what is hanging between their legs or not, uh, you might be a uh, sack of. Uh, you might be wrong. You might be a sack <laughs> of crap. Uh, I'm just saying you you might have bad theology. Uh, maybe a bit of both. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that that's, that's out there. What thing that just busts my brain is how. Ham's line. It, you say you believe in the authority oh, of scripture, yeah. but somehow Ham's line is now Shem. I'm sorry. Gee, if Jesus was black, it was because of a darker set of traits from Shem. Had nothing to do with Ham. I'm just saying, guys, I love you. And, and I'm not saying that uh, there, there couldn't have been some injection of Ham's line, but we really don't see that. Uh, we see uh, one Moabitess, one uh, lady from Jericho. But other than that, it's pretty much all Jews. So, Jonathan, it's because you have the WLT. You have the White Living Translation. I oh my gosh, because it's because I'm white. It's because I'm white. Tell us in the comment section what you guys think is the most outlandish uh, aspect of the BHI movement, and uh, stay winsome, my friends. Yeah, let's make sure we win souls. Love you for real now. Bye. See yeah. you.